Hi, this is Tina Anderson with Get Fit, Stay Healthy, a bi-monthly podcast series that so far has been barely monthly, and I apologize for that. I will get these out faster, I promise. Anyway, GFIT is focused on practical, user-friendly health and fitness tips for your mind, your body, and your soul. Recently, I unveiled my GFIT Better Body Battle Plan Success Guidelines, part of a series focused on getting the body you want and deserve. Episode 1 was more philosophical, and so now we need to get into the details. I've decided to make my first follow-up about eating and diet habits because I truly believe, as do many others, that what you eat is more important than how you exercise. So here we are, the GFIT Top 10 Better Body Battle Plan Eating Success Guidelines. Number one, it's not a diet, it's a healthy eating lifestyle. Diets are a drag, and even telling someone you're on one is a drag. This is a lifestyle habit change that will improve quality of life and help you to feel and look better with less body fat, more muscle tone, and more energy. Diets often result in the opposite and set you up to gain back your weight and more so. Start with the correct mindset and work your way down. Number two, do not cut calories drastically when you are trying to cut body fat. Seems like a contradiction, but it's one of the biggest mistakes we make. Have you seen any episodes of The Biggest Loser? A guy weighing in at 265 drops only a few pounds for the week and gets chastised by his trainer because he wasn't eating enough. It's important that you understand why this probably affected his weight loss ratios because this is a critical point. And this happens frequently when people get close to their goals and especially when they hit plateaus. But taking this tactic can be, well, sort of a deal breaker with your body and this is why. Very low calorie diets slow down your metabolism, cut into your high-calorie burning lean body mass, increase fat storing enzymes and hormones, increase your appetite, decrease your energy level, and decrease your thyroid output. Your food intake along with your exercise and a little bit of genetics are your primary tools in the constant battle to control and elevate your metabolism. When you cut your calories too much, you throw your hormone levels for a loop, causing them to send a message to your body that you are not getting enough calories to sustain your basic metabolic needs. And therefore, it goes into conservation, slowdown mode, and shuts down your fat loss systems. You want your body revved up and running at a high level as much as possible so even at a sedentary state, you are burning and not conserving. It's a vicious cycle when you start to cut calories and not only is it the backward approach, but it will make you sluggish and tired so your workouts will suffer as well and then the cravings will set in. Hmm, not the kind of scenario that spells out success. Plus, after you start losing weight, your metabolism slows a little anyway since your body is lighter and doesn't need as much energy to sustain itself. If you reduce your calories again and add more exercise, your body thinks you are in trouble because it doesn't know that you are on a diet, nor is it designed to shed fat easily. The guy on The Biggest Loser, skipping meals in hopes of dropping more pounds before the weigh-in, had literally changed his body chemistry to make it easier to store fat than burn it. Next question, how does that translate into calorie intake with muscle preservation and fat loss as the goal? For men, no less than 1,800 calories per day, and women, no less than 1,500 calories per day. For smaller people, 
1,200 calories is the normal prescribed limit. I've also heard of multiplying your weight in pounds by 11 for your safest and lowest calorie level. For example, I'm 5'2", and although I dropped body fat at 15 to 1,600 calories, I lost it faster when I zigzagged my intake to as low as 1,100 on a day or two and then back up to 15 to 1,700 on other days. But I would never sustain a low-calorie intake for an extended period of time and expect to maintain any fat loss that occurred especially when statistics show us that 95% of those who lose weight that way gain it back. Bottom line, you can drop calories quite a bit for a day or two, but I suggest to you that you are always better off with more calories and more activity than less calories and no activity, and certainly much better off than with less calories and less activity. Yikes, that one is seriously whacked. I don't know about you, but I would much rather set up my body chemistry to allow more food and more activity than sustain some horribly low-calorie intake on a day-to-day basis. That was a long one, I know, but it's so important. Okay, number three, manage your hunger with frequent small meals. In the bodybuilding world, skipping meals is a cardinal sin. Seriously, and we need to look at that because competitors are striving to save every ounce of muscle and rid themselves of every last bit of fat. In order to do that, they eat all the time. They never skip breakfast. Studies have shown at least five excellent reasons for this. Your body stays out of starvation mode. You maintain balanced blood sugar levels and prevent elevated glucose levels, which trigger the liver to store fat. It helps prevent the brain from sending a self-deprivation message, which can initiate cravings. Frequent meals raise your body's core temperature each time, elevating your metabolism as a result of the thermic effect of food, especially when you eat fibrous vegetables and lean proteins. And eating this way helps you feel better, so you stick to your eating plan better and easier. Be warned of the powerful force of a starving mindset and a huge appetite when your body is not fueled properly. Giving in to even real hunger can result in way more calories in one meal than had you fed yourself better throughout the day. One of my favorite fitness gurus calls it starving and stuffing because even though you may consume the same amount of calories by skipping meals, you have gone into a catabolic state and told your body to store fat, setting yourself up for cravings and not much of a fat loss despite less total calories. You can be a fired-up machine or you can be smoldering embers creeping down the runway. Consume at least five meals a day, two of which are healthy snacks, and your furnace will be ignited and burning all day long. Number four, meal breakdown keeps you from breaking down. As a follow-up to number three, what do you eat? Once again, you've heard just about everything by now when it comes to diet philosophies. My suggestion, a mix of lean proteins, complex carbs, and healthy fats. I call those the fabulous three at every major meal, if possible. Proteins and fats keep you full longer. It's just that simple. Sugar is, hmm, death. It's the little devil figure on your shoulder that you have to flick off because it is a total detriment to your fat loss goals and it will seriously derail you unless you are one of the few 
who can have three and one half M&Ms and be satisfied. Watch the nutrient breakdown and see if there's a bunch of sugar. If there is, put the food down. Don't open the wrapper. Don't look at it. Don't smell it. Don't admire it from afar. Sugar will screw up everything without getting into huge detail. Just know that you will feel different and notice the difference in your body if you follow this breakdown. Need help in knowing what a lean protein and complex carb are? What is a healthy fat? Google it. Check out some books or hire a registered dietitian. The information is everywhere and it's not complicated. Lean protein, complex carbs, and healthy fats. And when all else fails, lean protein. Number five, portion control means fat control. I had some lasagna a few nights ago. I love Italian food and especially pasta. I have a big appetite, so I took a pretty big portion. After checking calories and fat, it was evident that I had actually eaten about two portions and over 700 calories, not to mention the huge carb intake. Where does that leave me if I am on a restricted calorie diet and I'm trying for 1,500 max in a day and low carbs? Honestly, I knew better, but I sort of avoided the whole issue. I didn't read the calorie content on purpose. And then, of course, I had eater's remorse later. It would have been much better had I stuck with one portion. I still would have enjoyed it. Watch your portions and know what you will pay for in the meal in terms of calories, fat, carbs, and maybe lack of nutrients. By the way, if you've noticed, I say fat control, not weight control, because there is a huge significant difference, and I need you to stay on track that it's fat loss you are after, since weight loss could be represented in water. But fat loss will get you into your skinny jeans. Oh, and buy a food scale. Weigh and measure for a while until you become accurate in estimating ounces. Number six, eat breakfast. I know you've heard this one, and I know what some of you are thinking to yourselves. But I'm not hungry in the morning. I don't have time to cook or prepare a big breakfast. Sorry, too bad, don't care, don't buy it, don't believe it. This is your body we are talking about. How frivolous and cavalier we are about the very mechanism that makes life livable, a healthy, functioning body. It should be important to you. And all the research, for years now, points to the same result. Breakfast is the most important meal of the day, and it is equally critical to fat loss and maintenance. Why? It revs up your metabolism that's been sleeping in a basic starvation mode for eight hours or so, but at least at rest. You're not telling your body to burn fat when you start your day in a starvation mode. And some of you may have heard of fasted cardio first thing in the morning, which is controversial, but followed by some in the bodybuilding arena. And I'll get back to that in a moment. But getting back to the big picture, if you ingest protein in your breakfast, as suggested earlier, the healthy three foods, it will keep you full longer and start you burning fat right away. And skipping breakfast usually means eating more later. Eating more later usually means eating too close to bedtime. Eating too close to bedtime means waking up not hungry and repeating the cycle. Do you honestly believe that eating closer to bedtime is better than eating earlier in the day? Plus, your body, your mind, they want and need some fuel in the morning before you start your day. Yes, your mind, not just your biceps, needs fuel to function properly. Is that really too much to ask? This is Tina Anderson with Get Fit, Stay Healthy, and this podcast is on healthy eating tips, my top 10. And we're on number seven. Follow the eating plan that works for you, not your friend, 
neighbor, spouse, or coworker, etc. I'm hoping that you will do the 5 and 3 plan, but there are so many diets circulating now. If you search hard enough, you will find success stories for all of them, even the lettuce and cabbage diet or the steak and butter diet. But the key is, what works for you? What helps you to feel and look the way you want and sustain it? Eat Stop Eat calls for a 24-hour fasting period once or twice a week. It flies in the face of just about everything I've mentioned already, but can and does it work? I'm sure it does. For someone, for several, for many, and probably for hundreds of people. But maybe not for you. Take into account your emotional mindset, coupled with your history, your genetics, your support, and your body. Take some time and figure it out. And getting back to fasted cardio, if you're an early morning workout person, you can give this a try, as long as you fuel your body soon after you exercise. Some competitors swear by this tool. My nutritionist is totally against it in fear of burning muscle over fat. If you start losing weight, but you're just a smaller version of yourself without added muscle tone, then this is probably not the best diet tool for you. But for many... They feel like it gives them a little extra kick in the fat loss plan. Number eight, lack of planning leads to convenience eating. The saying, failing to plan is planning to fail, is a harsh reality during diet lifestyle shifts. I know what is best for me. I know the right combos of food and portions. But if I haven't planned well, I will break down and eat what I have around me, that which is convenient. Does that sound familiar? Good eating requires a commitment to some sort of prep time so you're ready with the right foods at the right time. Have several servings of grilled chicken along with a bunch of steamed broccoli ready to eat, just like you would at a drive-thru window. In fact, make your kitchen like a drive-thru window, a drive-thru restaurant, fast food but with the good food. Make it convenient and easy to maintain your healthy choices. Our lives are busy and hectic, and we often don't think about fueling ourselves during the day. But that very lack of planning and focus can lead us into empty or high-calorie temptation land and a start-over and the better body battle plan. In other words, convenience often trumps conformity when it comes to meals and snacks if you haven't taken the time to prepare. Number nine, cheat meals will help you stay consistent. Cravings are often a mouth hunger or an emotional hunger. They come on suddenly and attack your psyche like a thirsty vampire. They will pay you a visit quite often when you first change your eating habits, and they are one of the culprits in diet sabotage. Unfortunately, you will probably get hungrier after shedding some weight or fat, so plan for a scrumptious, incredible meal on the 15th day and then the subsequent seventh day thereafter. So take 14 days straight, develop your habits and your patterns, take a cheat meal on the 15th, and thereafter, take it on the seventh day. Pick one meal with dessert and all. Try not to overstuff yourself and eat normal the rest of the day. When I was working with my nutritionist, I was like a little kid counting down the days until my cheat meal. The cravings will probably continue to pop their ugly heads as you continue to lose weight. Your body is a very efficient fat-storing machine, and it wants you to eat. It will send you cravings. It just will. Giving yourself a reward of fun food will help prevent that a little bit. At least you can think about it when the cravings start coming on. And number 10, taper your eating at night. If you really want to be on it, try to develop a pattern of not eating two to four hours before bedtime. 
The not eating philosophy before bedtime has been criticized by scientists and other dietitians and leaders in this industry. But the reason some of these fad diets work is because part of the plan requires not eating after 7 p.m. That's simple. Okay, but why do we want to make this a habit at least four or five or six days of the week? This actually allows you to increase your safe fasting time, which is really when you are sleeping, but now you have prolonged it during the time when you are probably quite sedentary. There are exceptions, of course, if you work and or work out at night, in which case I suggest a small protein carb snack or a protein shake right after your workout. A lot of competitors taper their eating up to four hours before bedtime, especially as they're preparing for a competition. And my nutritionist always told me, eat your candy or your treat right after a hard workout if you really have to have it, when you've depleted your glycogen stores and can just fill them back up. Don't eat the Snickers bar at 8.30 at night when you're sitting on your you-know-what watching American Idol. Well, he didn't say that part, but I inferred it. Anyway, think of it this way. Get up, start the furnace with the right fuel. Keep it lit and burning all day. Turn it down in the evening and give it a restful night's sleep so it can repeat the process over and over and over again without breaking down. And that's, of course, your body I'm talking about. You are listening to Get Fit, Stay Healthy. This is Tina Anderson, and I just finished up with the G-Fit diet tips, or I should say eating tips. Let me go through them one more time. The top 10 suggestions. Number one, it's not a diet. It's a healthy eating lifestyle. Number two, do not cut calories drastically when you're trying to cut body fat. Number three, manage your hunger with frequent small meals. Number four, meal breakdown keeps you from breaking down. Number five, Portion control means fat control. Number six, eat breakfast. Number seven, follow the eating plan that works for you. Number eight, lack of planning leads to convenience eating. Number nine, cheat meals will help you stay consistent. And number 10, taper your eating in the evening. It was really hard to just pick 10, but I really think these habits will help move you forward into a lifestyle that supports your better body battle plan and make sure you have a way to combat things like hmm, aging, for example. Out of diet and exercise, I chose diet first, and I I mentioned why earlier, because I believe it is more important than exercise. Hate to say it, because I love to work out, much more so than eating meticulously, but it's a personal truth I lived. I was teaching five spin classes a week, weight training three times a week, and trying to add in an extra hour of cardio one day a week, which I normally did. I was at 23% body fat, which is high for a fitness instructor. It really is. The first week after starting with my nutritionist, I noticed a major change in my body. My muscles started showing up. So many people noticed it and asked me if I had started a weight training program. How depressing is that? Uh, yeah, I've been on one since the mid-1980s. What happened? I changed my diet. I ate less starch. I ate more protein. I ate several frequent meals throughout the day with the Fabulous 3. And I eventually dropped my extra cardio and one of my spin classes. And I increased my weight training. I kid you not. I was not in a high metabolic burning state. I was fighting with my body, which was conserving energy or fat, etc., since I was working out really hard and starving myself half the time with a super high carb diet and then giving in to cravings and I I'm I gotta be honest, pigging out at least two days a week. 
I dropped my body fat to 15.5% and lost about 8 pounds on the scale. It was truly an amazing transformation. And although I changed my workouts, I changed my diet first. And here's the kicker. I was never that hungry because I was eating throughout the day and properly fueling my body. So hopefully I've made my point. In a couple of weeks, my exercise and movement suggestions. I love this one and I think you will too. Until then, make good choices. Set appropriate boundaries. Spread some good vibrations in the world. Find something to laugh about every day. And please manage your stress before it manages you. This is Tina Anderson with Get Fit, Stay Healthy, asking you to do the same.